0: Coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by way of Stone Mountain, Georgia, birthed by the great state of South Carolina, is the Bryant Land Country Podcast. Your place for any and everything in hunting, fishing, sports, and outdoor related with heavy doses of randomness, guests, and an all-around good time. Here's your host, proud Gamecock, South Carolina forever, AB3.
1: All right, welcome to another Episode of the Brightland Country Podcast. I am your host, AB3. Sorry for the dramatic pause there. I was trying to think of a 75-cent word that I could use to describe my podcast. I used magnanimous last week. Somebody asked me if they gave me a dictionary. Uh, I remember a Kevin Hart bit one time where he talking about Stephen A. Smith, and he said when he wakes up, somebody gives him a uh handful of index cards of words that he has to get in during the day nevertheless for me there's nobody handing me no cards I don't nobody handing me no dictionary all I have for you today is a great stupendous guest a huge awesome magnanimous magnanimous I'll use that word again guest those are the words, the adjectives, if you will, that I will use to describe my guest today. Fourth, count them, one, two, three, four. Fourth generation Angus Beef Farmer from the state of Alabama, Mr. Christopher Joe. Fourth generation farmer, big deer hunter, turkey hunter, enjoys getting after, getting after it. Birder or should I say into birding, running a guided tour birding operation. So Christopher Joe is my guest today. He's got all kinds of things going on down in Alabama. I met him last year and we were supposed to, uh, I went down there, interviewed him, interviewed his dad, was going to put together a video, did not get a chance to finish said video we talk a little bit about that in the podcast but a wonderful guy great follow on youtube and on instagram and i am glad that i had finally had the opportunity to get him on the podcast so without further ado and any jaw jacking from me i'm gonna fall back hit the record button mash the record button and let you guys listen to my conversation with mr christopher joe here on the Bryant Land Country podcast. Bryant Land. You know, you have the uh joy, uh, the privilege, the honor, you know, all that stuff of living in Alabama. So while the rest of the country has been going crazy for the last month, talking about the rut, the rut, the rut, and everything, deer season in Alabama is just really getting started. So you haven't really done anything yet, have you, Mr. Christopher Joe?
2: Man, I just got through with a a two-day hunt down on our property. Uh, We have about 200 acres, black belt soils, most of your – your hardwood tree species. But the right now it's still so early that there's some does still having that have some uh, fawns with them that still have spots on. Them. So mm-hmm. that kind of already tells me that the rut really doesn't get going in our state probably late January. So I think that's why they, a lot of us, you know, lobbied and, and talked to different kind of, the movers and shakers that, that put these seasons together. And we were like, we need February because some January 30th, when the season ends, when it used to end, the rut was just getting going and we were getting stuff chasing that last day. Right. And it's really in February from, from about end of January, middle part of February is when hunting actually takes wings and you can see stuff. But yeah, I went uh, this past Friday, saw two does, uh, kill the coyote, what? and then the next yeah, <laughs> and then the next day didn't see a thing. Walk all over creation and didn't see a thing, <laughs> man. So well, it's that's just the thing about Alabama. I, I like it because it's they give it to us kind of you know Thanksgiving a little bit you know the weekend prior to Thanksgiving, but it's still. Really
1: hunting doesn't get good until January. So and that's, kind of got no time. that's one of the things that's always kinda of intrigued me about Alabama. And I'm sorry, let me uh forgive me for my manners because when we get together we just kinda just start talking and go off and everything. But this is Christopher Joe. We have talked before, if you cannot tell, so that's why we can just go ahead and just jump in to the conversation but let me step back welcome to the brightland country podcast this has been a long time coming so thank you for coming on i appreciate you but i wanted to jump right in because that was the first thing that was on my mind and that's <laughs> why i asked the question so but welcome thank you for taking hey, the time
2: hey, no problem man anytime since we've back September of last year has been one of them
1: things that, hey, you, you call, I answer. Man, and I appreciate it because, you know, I came down there, and I still be telling people about that place where we went to go eat at because, you know, I came down there, I talked to you. <laughs> the Red House. Yeah, the, the red, red House. house. Yeah, I talked to you and your dad, and we just had a good time, and we went to the Red House and, and eat, and funny things happen. You know, people – when you do a podcast or you do videos, some people think that you have like a lot of production value and that you got like a team and right. you know you got like a whole bunch of people with you. One of the things that we had in, we have in common is when I first started doing my videos and my interviews uh, for Bryantland, it was just me. My kids would help like a little bit. But for the most part, it was me. And I think I told you this before, man, I just hit a wall. Like, I got slapped, burnt Mm -hmm. out. So I got, like, footage, drone footage, interviews and stuff. At some point, I'm going to put it together and still put it out. But you just hit a wall when it comes to, you know, editing and doing the videos and stuff and hitting that burnout. You have grown a great YouTube channel how have you avoided hitting
2: that wall? The the thing when I first started uh, wanting to do a YouTube channel was that I always were was doing something down at the farm. Fourth generation Black Angus cattle farmer. Uh, my dad pretty much runs the operation. I come in, help. But a couple of years ago, I asked him, hey, let's start, you know, trying to do something with the wildlife. Um uh, and I do have an ag background and uh, all the plant and outdoor planting and stuff is right up my alley. So we had the bulldozer there at the farm and we just I just got the map out and I said, hey, let's go make some food plots and make some trails. So we did that. And, you know, now we have about six miles of trails, eight food plots that we can plant right this season. And this video is posted on my channel, the most recent one, I took you through the food plot planning that we did for this season. And we only planted four of those eight, but, you know, kind of wanted to concentrate those areas uh, because over 200 acres, and you may be in the stand, and if not that many people hunting, you might not even see anything, but they're down on another end. So right. I kind of wanted to concentrate the good food source, put it in areas to where we don't burn out a stand, but there we can get into it where the wind is cooperating to where we can hunt it. So, like I said, this past, you know, weekend, I hunt from Friday and Saturday over the Thanksgiving weekend and uh, saw doves. So that's a good, good thing. But, you know, folks weren't even chasing and uh, out of my game camera. I got one eight pointer in the last week. So, they're off somewhere. So that tells me, hey, it's it's still early. So Right, right. Uh, but that burnout was one of the things that I just like recording stuff. And I record <laughs> things because a lot of people say, man, I never know. I never seen anybody look like you doing any stuff like this. I didn't know farmers. You know, y'all did this on your farm. You have these cows and you, they basically eat out your hand. And it's like, well, you know, that's kind of why I'm posting this because I don't see it. If you flip on the channel, you don't, you don't even see it. Even it, on the outdoor channels, there's outdoor, nothing like that. Outdoor,
1: rural, TV, nothing. none of that. that. It, it is, isn't it funny how it always starts? The conversation always starts with, wow, I had no idea because I'd never seen anybody right. that looked like you. And then you just insert whatever else after that. But that's right. where it starts.
2: That's, that's where it started. And, and since that first video post, and I remember... Editing the software, and and the funny thing is, I I didn't even spend a lot of money on anything. I had an iPhone, and I had iMovies. I recorded everything, had it all good. And I I, I want to say you almost have to have a, uh, and you can attest to this. You, you almost have to have a a vision of what you want to see. Yes. And you can chop through hours of footage. Uh, or a good 20, 30 minutes of footage, and I can chop that footage down into three good minutes, and boom, you get the gist of, okay, he he started hunting. Oh, they were tagging the cows that day. He took it to when they gathered the cows, tagged the cows, gave them shots, boom, released them in three minutes' time because people want to see you. good buddy of mine, Jackie Bushman, the uh, Buckmasters. Yeah, yeah. I always chat with him. Uh, funny story, I did his wildlife management plant on his property in Lyons County. And um, I always go by his place. He's not too far from where I live here in Montgomery. His office um, is here in Montgomery. So I just go by and chat with him. And that's one of the main things I asked him. I said, Mr. Jack, how did, when you first got into this, what was your, he said, Chris, you have to get the point across, educate people short of time, boom and done. He said, don't, don't try to get so elaborate with it that you lose the, lose the focal point on what you're doing. Right. If you're doing an evening hunt. Okay. Take me from the evening. This is what I had. This is on I'm stand. This is what my focal point is. Boom. Let's go. So that's kind of where I kind of took my, the advice that he gave me was, Hey, Chris, get your video, whatever you want to do, record it, put some good scenes in there, do a little funny things here and there but just just be yourself and i think a lot of people get caught up in doing oh well i saw this guy his videos are going you know he got millions of followers He's doing <laughs> this, and, and
0: it's like no
2: no no don't do that i, mean, right. I tell you if you do your thing enough people will, will gravitate toward it and that's what i've been been finding out people next me hey man i saw that video you posted i saw the uh and i like doing trailers for my videos too so
1: right i've seen those
2: those out of those three minutes i know instagram is a minute i'll pop that real minute highlight thing boom go and then i I usually post it in my uh profile and then that way you're basically making it easy putting it on a plate to them hey click this one link boom this is the video
1: right and it take you right to it
2: yeah so that's that's how i I don't get burned out because it's just one of those things. I'm always, I'm doing something farming related. I'm doing something ag related, even within my career. I do some things for that, that I record and post because it's, it shows farming. It shows agriculture. It shows average people doing things that's for their livelihood. I mean, people come into my office and want to grow vegetables and we provide them a, a high tunnel house, which is like a, Modified greenhouse, right? And this guy is now supplementing his income with stuff that we help, you know, assist with. So nope. people always try to give a bad vibe about the government doesn't do this, government doesn't do that. But I'm seeing people lives change based off of certain things or wildlife management plans. And it was like, "Man, I love this property. My great granddaddy had it. I don't want it going down. And I can come out there and help you plan something." where now you look at it that this is what i wanted Mm -hmm. so
1: so what what exactly is your day job because i know you graduated from alabama a&m right
2: right right i graduated from alabama a&m uh 2007 um and i'm bachelor's in agribusiness management um i started working for the natural resource conservation service which is a agency with the department of agriculture um Right out of college, so I basically was interning uh, two or three summers with the agency, and they, I was on a student program, uh, student trainee program. Mm-hmm. And once I graduated, they hired me straight out of college. Oh wow! So a lot of the things that I do in my career now, I've I've already done those things like animals uh, I've, I've done that, animals timber, uh, your even vegetable stuff. So. I have a background in these things that is basically, I have a career doing stuff I've already done. So that's the cool thing that a lot of people say, Chris, you don't work. Cause you just, I always, every time we see you playing, or you out on the lane <laughs> doing something? I said, man, I, <laughs> it doesn't meant to be because that trust me, it, this is, this is easy. Even the, the weird days where I'm on in front of the computer, all the, all the programs and stuff I've already done GIS, I've done that stuff back in college. So mapping, creating plans, all that stuff is just, it's easy to me.
1: So now let me ask you this. Now getting back to your videos and stuff. Now are you doing everything on your phone or are you doing it in your computer because the creative, like for me, <laughs> the creative part was never the, was never the problem. Like, you know, I came up with beaucoup of ideas and people that I wanted, you know, to interview and talk to and stuff. Like I said, the burnout came because I had to shoot it. I will create it, shoot it, edit it, post it, market it. Like Mm. so you know what I'm saying? So doing all of that and then not to mention, you know, traveling to go and shoot some of these shoot some of these videos. So, and that's kind of how the genesis of the podcast started because it made it, you know, a little bit easier to, for right. me to reach out and touch people and to get the uh get the content that I wanted to put out there. But like I said, for you, you know, what is your process? Like are you doing this on your phone because it does. It seems like you got it down to where you can just kind of flip these videos out and then keep putting them out and not put too much stress on yourself.
0: The
2: the cool thing about the phones now is that the HD quality is it's already on there, right? Uh, yep. Even in the front screen, I have a Google Pixel phone. Even before I had the iPhone, but I have a Google Pixel that the videos are quality is already 1080. So all I have to do is I have a good uh, editing uh, app that I use, and once I video everything. Man, I, I sit down and I put a video together. I'm sitting on the couch watching TV and I'm just chip this, chip, chip, chip this, put this, put this, add this graphic, put that in there, save it, boom. I, I, you know, that's the the cool thing about the way that I'm doing it is that I can easily get stuff out. A lot of the partnerships that I work, some of those ask for, hey, what, what you've done recently that, you know, we can, you can send us real quick. And I have videos, you know, one minute, videos or a 30 second clip of of what we are doing because some of the the grants and the things that I applied for, they want to know about some of these things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people like to see stuff. I'm a visual person. Show me something, even learning, even in school and college Yep. on the board. Hey, step one is this, step two is this. Once I see that, okay, I'm with you. But if you just said, "Hey, man, I I farm, I raise cows," okay, mm, what do cows look like?
1: <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're cows.
2: You say cow, a person gonna immediately think of a black and white Holstein cow, right. and most folks don't even know the name of the. <laughs> they just call it a black and white cow, dairy cow, right? But like, yeah. but, once I show you what we do and, and how we do it, it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. I never knew that, you know. It took this, and I posted the picture there yesterday of a a fox squirrel that I took while I was walking through the woods. And I usually carry my uh, camera with me, so that's besides my phone, I carry uh, a high definition uh camera. I got a Nikon. Yep. So for pictures, I usually do that. I used to do video with that, but it. Like you saying, that turnaround time, I got to take it off there and put it on the computer. I got to email it to myself or put it on Google Drive to myself Right. when I can just subtract that and just do it from my phone. But for pictures. Yeah. And uh, I posted a picture of a fox squirrel. And she said, I never knew those squirrels existed. I'm like. And the fox squirrels be the main reason my heart rate jumps when I think a deer coming it's <laughs>
0: right.
2: a fox squirrel. Ah, just a fox squirrel, but uh,
1: Amazing how something yeah. so small can sound it, like something I so big when you out there.
2: coming through, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Heart starts racing, and here comes a fox squirrel up the path. I'm like, okay, but um, yeah, that's that's the thing that I I really helps me mm-hmm. that i can be that fast with it and can be that personable and people say okay that's he's doing something that's natural he already does that i don't feel like he's trying to be like uh adam over here doing his thing so
1: well well it, you, you never have to worry about anybody comparing you to me because you have so much more uh <laughs> charisma when you are on camera, that was the other thing too. People always used to say, like, when I was doing, when I was doing my videos, they were like, "Well, why do we don't ever see you?" You're like, well, one, because it's not always it's not about me. You know, I wanted the focus right. to be on on my subject, so I would like try to do my videos what I call Vlad TV style. Like, you never see Vlad. Like if you ever see Vlad no, TV no, videos. I, his,
2: I had to go Google him to see what he looked like. Yeah, like oh, you, that's
0: you what never, he
1: like. you never see Vlad. Never it's see all him. you just hear him, and it's always it's all about the subject. So I wanted to do you know right. my videos like that, mix in some B roll here and there. But the point that I'm making, and you know, like you and like there's a couple down in South Carolina, uh, rain. And uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Knockout Rain Outdoors, like the things that I like about y'all's videos is y'all have charisma. If you ever look at me on camera, it's almost to the point now where I don't even like being on camera <laughs> because, well, one, I'm a director by trade, so it's natural right, like right. behind the scenes. And even when I tried to jump out and you know in front of the camera and do stuff, I'm dry as a two dollar state. Okay. <laughs> And I know this, I, I know that's my short, you know, my shortcomings, my dry sense of humor, my personality translates a little bit better via audio, via podcast, but on video, it's like, where did you find this dry bitch from? And like zero, and no matter how much I try to have like energy and feel and all that other BS, it just never comes across on camera. So it's always funny to me when people say, you know, well, we do our videos and we just be ourselves. Well, when Mm -hmm. I'm being myself on video, it's boring as shit. So (laughs) I admire people who have that charisma and can get, you know, stuff across in an entertaining manner via
2: video. Appreciate it. The, I think the biggest thing was that I always, I kind of always was like that, even in early school, because the parents and mom always said, to "Hey, person can't tell you nothing but yes or no." So that already took the fear of, okay, well, somebody gonna judge me if I, you know, say this or I, I get up in front of this group.
1: You, you were the five this? year old kid that sung at like the family functions of uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah,
2: we, were, I, we, <laughs> we just was just outgoing and all of us I, I have two older siblings and a uh, a younger sister. Uh two so we're two older brothers and a younger sister. But we all had that in us that okay, you can talk, you can get up in front of this person and say something. I never I remember engineering contest when I was little and uh Funny thing is, I almost won our high school. Uh, was a we had an auditory contest, and we had to do a research paper, and you had to memorize. I memorized my research paper and recited it in front of uh, the school, and almost, almost won it. And wow. it was between me and another girl, but and then I did drama. Uh, I was in the drama class, so I did acting. I played two people in one play. So I had to change out, you know, run back, do this, but
1: yep.
2: I just was a people person. And the thing that I like about you is that you know what you can do. And that's what I tell people. Figure out what you can do. Don't don't over here, man. Well, I gotta I gotta mimic what I'm doing. Uh I gotta Fit my square in this circle and this Yeah, it, it would never happen. And people will know it with a drop of a head, like, oh man, that he's over there trying to be like so and so. And and we see it all the time. Oh man, that rapper trying to sound like that person. Right. And, right. And that's the thing that if you're if you're doing what you do, okay, I found out I like to do this. And like with your podcast, man, shoot, I'm I'm over here checking when you post something. I said, Oh, Brad, like, man, she bring go to you. It's not that <laughs> it's you, but I know that it's gonna be something that a story that I don't hear. Right. I can. I'll, I'll. turn on the TV and I'll never hear an interview like you did with the person talking about their their family, talking about what they like to do, outdoor thing that they have. Those are the things that kind of make people sit up and like, okay, man, you heard that this dude Adam he's he doing these uh podcasts and they're talking. Oh no, I ain't hearing that. And the thing with my videos, it's just it's about this, the same way. Hey man, you seen this guy? He got a beard, and it's and it's funny when the when
0: <laughs> you can tell who's telling who because uh, the the,
2: <laughs> the women will say it one way, and the guy will say it another way. But hey, as long as you're sharing my videos, and, right. and, and and I like to interact with people. Uh, a lot of YouTube people, a lot of social media folks, they won't they won't interact with them, the people. So I'm I'm in the comments. I'm writing stuff back. I'm getting people asking questions about the deer. Uh, did you see anything? And I'm writing them back like quick. So when I'm I'm checking stuff and I see I got 10 messages, it's easy to hey, I'm I'm I'll write you back, write you back, hey, hey, yeah, yeah, this this. So once people know, oh man, that dude down the down the earth. Yeah, I i I'll, I'll watch a video and I had people, I didn't even know watching my stuff. And they're like, yeah, I, I told so-and-so about it. And then I get inbox. Hey man, th- your videos are cool. And, I'm like, well, right. <laughs> I yeah. know you were watching my stuff. But- uh,
1: man, that that's the best feeling when you it reach is. in folks. You just have, like, no clue. Because I swear, even doing these, sometimes you kind of feel like, okay, well, am I just doing this in vain? Is anybody mm-hmm. listening? Mm-hmm. Like, right. uh, are they, you know, listening to the podcast? Are the messages getting across? And then... I'll get like a random inbox. Like, I got one from a guy that was asking about like hunt clubs in Texas right. because he heard, you know, my podcast with uh, Corey from Buckwild yeah, Hunt yeah, Club. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or somebody will say, like, oh, I was the only one that was like hunting in LA and I try to get like the Arizona somewhere to go hunt and. You know and I was listening to your podcast and it's just like well dang like <laughs> people mm-hmm. actually paying attention so we that's a great feeling and Lord knows I appreciate it so
2: yeah yeah and and just and like like when I first started doing it still staying true to what we're farmers I, I'm great granddad was a farmer I'm I'm Fourth pretty much a farmer.
1: generation.
2: Yeah, fourth generation. Man. And the same property was bought by my... Uh, I, I went and did some census search and found, you know, they owned the property, bought it, and there was some sibling that came from most of the... You know, black people, is kind of fuzzy sometimes, but if you can right. actually get on a string and, and pull that string and find at least two or three generations back, it'll tell you a little bit of... of kind of the story of what your immediate family went through. And that's, I think that a lot of us need to you know, try to go that way because you'll see that, like, okay, well it like farming has been in my family and come to find out it has. So did, that's the, the did funny you, thing about that.
1: Did you do like a like a ancestry.com or actually, did you go through like records like right there in Alabama? Or?
2: I actually uh, started what got me started in genealogy, I went to a seminar, Dr. Kerry Kittles. He's a co-founder of African Ancestry. And his uh, research was the one or the genealogy that they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use for a show uh, like the Oprah. They did all that show with Louis Gates. yeah, uh, The guy that does that show. They're pretty much they were talking about genealogy, how that ties back to Africa, and people say, oh, well, I'm from Africa. Africa is pretty large. So how do you narrow that down into, okay, the tribe that my maternal mother is from, it's here in Cameroon, and there were the Mafa and Kotoko people. And basically, the, the creepy thing about that, they were cattlemen. Wow. So it's like, dude, (laughs) what? (laughs) Wow. So yeah, that's that's why I tell people that story because it kind of leads you into, okay, people go, oh, well, what's my purpose in life? What am I here for? It may not necessarily be what you're here for, but what led me to be in this position where I am or what kind of past experiences that have been passed down that I may not even know these people, but it's been passed down enough to where... Hey, we just like farming. Well, not necessarily your people were doing this back in Cameroon. So I tell folks, man, it's it's creepy once you start looking. But African ancestry was my first trail. Mm-hmm. And then I got a little more detail. I went to the, uh, and most states have this. I don't know where, if Georgia has uh, a place, but here in Montgomery, it's the uh, Alabama Archives and Histories.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I went in and uh, the people helped me with, gigging, uncovering some of those layers and finding this information. So it it took a couple of Saturdays, a a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I think that was very instrumental in kind of helping me stay on what I'm doing. Man.
1: Yeah. Cause I know that was one of the things when we talked before, just to have that rich of a history especially as a farmer because we all know you know how you know it's portrayed as far as like with black farmers like oh where it's not that many or they dying out or nobody's doing it or nobody wants to do it and then for you guys to have a thriving angus cattle farm that's still going strong with the four generations man that's
2: that's amazing yeah Yeah. and even then uh the census, uh, I think, for 2017 uh, census, a lot of the the numbers for uh, farms. You know, it's it's probably 120 so farms. is in the county that I'm in. Hale County is where we uh, farm. But uh, out of 120 farms, you got at least 158 of those folks are you know associated with farming. That's that's black. So I mean, that, those aren't high high numbers, but it still tells you that you know. We're out here, right. but resource wise and trying to get the, uh, the support to continue these family farms is, is what's waning and, uh, the air property that has a big push on, you know, the farms being lost out of, out of the families, you know, you get one sibling that, Oh, I don't even want farm anymore. I'm going to sell my piece instead of keeping the land together. Right. And what You're we've done farm, of we've we've done that. We've put it in a pretty much it's like a LLC to where the farm stays as a whole. Mm-hmm. So you just can't say, it. well, I'm gonna sell 20 acres and it's uh, stripped down the whole middle of the property and now you have messed up the operation because your fencing has to change. Right. All that stuff had to change. So I, we're losing we're losing farmland, but we're still out here. There's still farmer conferences. The associate we have a uh, association here, that's Black Run. Uh, I think you heard the guy, uh, Mr. Boyd. Uh, he was on CNN doing a. Uh, I think they farm their uh, family farm up uh, in the Carolinas. I think so. We're we're around. It's just you know the spotlight. Hey, you know if the spotlight not light on you, you're invisible. So
1: and then, and think- then that's the scene. Team- and that's the thing and it's kind of like how I equate with the hunting thing you know like people when you find it's still funny to me like in 2019 when you see a black person that, or when someone sees a black person that hunts and like if you don't hunt you know you see a black person that hunts it's still like this wow factor
2: like yeah, the shock right. value uh, man yeah you walk into a store like if you let's say you were walking like after about eleven thirty, people coming out of deer stand. You go to a restaurant. You you're, you're normally gonna see the couple of white guys, the grandfather, the dad, and the son or uncle. Right. And they'll walk in. Everybody camouflaging this. and You don't even bat eye. Right. But when me and my dad and my buddy that hunts, we walk in. So I'm, you you thought somebody we had red hair or something. <laughs> right. And and so it's like it, uh, it, yeah, I got my jumpsuit on and yeah, we just hopped out, came out of the woods and. You you still get those looks. They're just like, "Whoa, what?" I didn't know y'all hunt. First of all, you don't. They don't think you had land, right? To or, hunt it's, on. or it's so... like
1: where, right? Where and all this other <laughs> stuff. And it it is. It's a it. It's like a wow factor is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, and the same thing with farming, it's a little bit better now because, like you said, the younger. Heirs that are sticking with the farm and they're taking it over. So they're starting to do more Instagram, starting to do more social media and stuff. But what I always tell people is like there is a strong segment of the population that just do it because that's their lifestyle and they don't mm-hmm. post it on social media. It ain't on Facebook. They don't have a Facebook page. They don't have an Instagram showing off of that stuff. So it's not so much that they're not doing it or they aren't out here like you said they just don't draw the spotlight or draw attention to themselves because you know it's not something that's always been like oh hey look at me i do this or whatever whatever and then especially if the older generation is still involved and they're kind of like passing it down you know it might be like a tug of war of like hey we need to do this because it'll help the farm and then the older generation is just not really like into it so you got all of those variables, and I think people just don't take that into account.
2: And the, the thing that I think helped me the most is that my dad pretty much was with advancing the farm in whatever shape, form, or fashion that came in. There was no kickback. Well, I've been doing it like this way for two years, or you you haven't done half of what i done, and I really do attribute a lot of the success that we're having to him being open-minded. And mm-hmm. it helps that he was an agriculture teacher for 34, right. shoot, 37 years. right? That's kind of where his mindset was, like, okay, farming methods changed. The, shoot, the agency that I worked for, we changed the perception of farming because everybody was disking up the whole land in the Midwest and the dust bowl came. So somebody had to get smart and say, "Wait, hey, we've been farming like this, yeah, but Can we find a better way to do this? (laughs) And and that's how you have to think. It's not a, oh, my way is better way. But let's actually go through and see what way we can do to advance the property. Yeah, we have the cattle. The cattle are doing their thing. But there's a lot of land out here that we can do some other things. And that'll piggyback off of that into uh, me starting the uh, bird and nature tour business with those six miles of trails that we, we made down there. It's like, well, let me go hook up with a birding organization in the state. And a month before I met you, I, I made a call to uh, an organization in Birmingham, the uh, Alabama Audubon Society. And now, you know, just from that meeting, we hosted them at the farm, and we had 125-plus people Wow. Wow. That wow. pain. <laughs> wow. Wow. So and that I, is a uh, big, big feather in the cap because my, my dad, he was looking at me like, <laughs> "I think you got something." I think you got something. Like but, you stumbled
1: across because, yeah, I think yeah, I stumbled yeah. on something. Because that's but, what that's why I was going to ask you. Because like I remember when I came down there, and you, like you said, you had just met with the burden and folks and. <laughs> It was kind of a thing like, you know, you were putting it together. Like, you know, obviously, you know, you got your normal job, then the Mm -hmm. farm, and then you were like, hey, I'm working on this birding thing, and I'm trying to get, you know, grants and stuff for that. And I remember you talking about it. So that was what I was going to segue. It's perfect that you brought it up, because I was going to segue into that next. Like, how did you even become interested, like, in birds, (laughs) and then what made you want to say, hey... I'm gonna start, you know, like a bird watching deal. Like, it's, it's so many questions. Like, how did you know your property holds enough birds for you to do six miles of trails to do a birding tour? You know what I mean? Like, it, just it was, from the beginning, like, what, what, man, like, did you was, love birds like that? Like, when you start, like, I'm so intrigued by this because you, you know, we always talk about stuff that, you know, people do and that's outside of the box and to me, that is some out-of-the-box shit, like hey, I don't and, know people that say, you know what? I'm going to start a I'm birding gonna... tour <laughs> and no. by God, you did it, dude I did. so, like I did it. take
2: and, me through that from the jump and like I said, it it basically started like I said, all this stuff transpired last year, this is not Stuff that I always had sitting on the side for ten plus. This started last year. Matter of fact, I called. Let's see. I met a uh, a director of economic development at the University of Alabama. I'm I'm like I said, I'm a people person, so I'm going to call and I'm going to talk to somebody mm-hmm. in a high position that's over a department. I, I don't not necessarily don't want to talk to the worker, but I need to talk to the boss. Yep. And yep. I met a guy, and uh, it was in August of, yeah, August of, uh, August 24th, 18. And I basically said, hey, we have property, uh, we have about 200 acres, we raise cattle, but I want to diversify the property. I want to see what other options that can be a source of income. And he said, sure, Chris, I'll come down. And like I said, me, d- never met this guy before. So he came down to the farm. We spent, I rode him around every single piece of land, and he was just leveling it. After we wrapped up, he was like, Okay, you've heard of ag tourism? I'm like, Yeah, yeah. I, I know what ag tourism is. That's you know, people want to come and do agriculture related activities. It's, it's like doing going to a museum, but you're out on the property doing some kind of ag. Related activity. Right. Milking cows like, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. He said, Yeah, you can do some. He's like, no nah, you, you ever heard of birding? I like burning. I mean, you know, looking at with binoculars, he's like, yeah. I like, mm, yeah, sort of. <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> he said, uh uh-uh. He's like, no, 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 no. He said, burning. He said, you know how big burning is? I'm like, wait a minute, folks pay money to look at birds? That I sit in my deer stand and I count, I had a two bald eagles go over my head. I had some of these waiting birds, wood ducks, some of these other uh little sparrows. And I'm like, yeah, I look at those while I'm deer hunting. He's like, you know, people pay money to come see these birds. I'm like, dude, y'all make me joke. Like, pay money to come see it? He's like, yes. And after that, I started, you know, the wheel started turning and I I called the uh, Audubon people the next month and asked them to, you know, hey, now, you want to come down?
1: Let me stop you right there, real quick. Because yeah. auto, when you say Audubon,
2: Audubon what... is is basically the uh, Burden Society, it's kind of okay. like the, uh, an organization, but Audubon, there are chapters. Okay. So you have the National Audubon Society and, and most states have chapters that you, you know you can be a part of in your state gotcha so the birmingham that they, now they, they're alabama Audubon now they changed their name but i met with the executive director no i take that back two days later i met with uh the ua guy on a friday then i met with the Audubon people on a sunday and i did the same thing i toured different it was just two of them, the ex- executive director and one of the uh volunteers. So I rode them around, and they had their binoculars on them. And, dude, there's, there's gear. There's birding gear. I'm like, <laughs> he had a, a holster <laughs> for his binoculars that stuck to his chest, and all he had to do was just pull them up, and he went. I'm like, okay, dude, you're, y'all you next level birding. I'm just, I got a pair of binoculars I look at when I'm trying to see if the buck has six points or eight points or whatever points on him. Right. But, yeah, he had his binocular holster on him and and while i was riding right they're like, oh wait wait stop stop that's a and when i say they knew their birds hey i'm a novice to it i know i i like looking at birds i see when they fly by i can kind of tell what they are and what family but they know their names they one of the guys even can do the sound of the birds and and they'll come wow. to i'm like Okay, y'all are tripping me out. <laughs> wow. But that that whole experience with them, and when they left, the funny thing was, he said, Chris, we've been trying to get with a private landowner to come and do a birding event for years. And he said, creepy thing is, we used to watch you and your dad in the hayfield while the birds were flying around you guys for years. I'm like, so y'all were the people down at the highway with the on the cars parked on the side of the road. He said, "Yeah, that was us," and that was years ago. So they, wow. it's been one of those things that it meant to be things. Hey, take for what you want, but that's one of those meant to be things. He said, "We've been looking at you guys for years while you were cutting hay because swallowtail kites, they're a uh, bir- uh, bird of prey." Yep. Uh, and Mississippi kites in July from early July, June to about August, even late August, September, they come in, migratory. they come into our area. So while we're cutting hay, and uh, one of the links that I'm going to send you is the video of those birds actually coming in while we were doing the demo for the bird people that day. And they were coming in, grabbing the bugs while, you know, when dad was cutting hay, their bugs were shooting up in the air and here come the birds swooping in. I mean, people were just, you thought, Santa Claus was out there, but they were so amazed. And it was just one of the things that it was an idea that one person kind of say, Hey, you ever thought about this? And once all you have to do is tell me something I can, I don't mind. Hey, Chris, just go down the street, talk to so and So I can handle that. Mm -hmm. Tell me, Hey, this is what you need to do. I can do the rest. I don't need a handhold. I'll figure it out, trust me. And that's pretty much what came about from that from that meeting. June, no, it was July the 20th of this year that we hosted them. And it was just an idea walking around back in September last year. So that's why I tell people wow. sometimes you have ideas. Not to say everything is gonna be a, a hit, but there are some things that you can follow up on that just don't let it be an idea. Oh, well, I wanted to start my own this or someone start my own that. Well, don't you know, start it. Okay, how do I start it? First of all, now, I didn't just jump off in there. Right. I, I linked up with the people that knew birds. Yo. And them knowing the birds, they brought me along. And other people, uh, another famous birder, and like I said, a black bird, I, black people burning like, yeah, it was, you know, black people burst. And dude from the Bronx, uh, Jason Ward, he came down and just was blown away. So it's making connections with people that don't necessarily look like us, but once you get into their world, you start to see that, okay, well, there are people like me that's in there. Uh, there was an older lady that was in there that birded with us. It was like, a couple of us that look like, like okay, so we, we're in here. <laughs> like, we out here. We yeah, out here burdened. Yeah. So it, it's fun, but it's also something that you can see. okay, I've made, I accomplished this. I helped diversify the property. So that's that's just my, what I preach to people. Hey, if you have something, yes, you may be, this may be your main bread and butter, mm-hmm. but the opportunities are that like, People like horses, and that's one thing I work towards later. That's a long term goal because some infrastructure would need to be done with that. But equestrian people, you know, there's black uh, horse organizations. I see them all the time, yep. and they have their meets and where they bring their horses down and they they ride properties. So that's another thing that I can go grab later on when I get to that point. Right. But identifying these. More so, niche markets. Uh, birding is a almost a niche market. Um, the equestrian stuff. You, once you find that, then you go. What organization? What's local to you? Start local, and then uh, the national Autobahn came down, and then they videoed that event for us. So now, not only did I make connections with the local people, the national is going to spotlight us, and they spotlighted us and did a video, so that's publicity. That's more eyes that you can get based off of just a meeting with somebody. So never count out. Oh well, so and so want to meet with me, but uh. you're like me and you, like oh well, you know Adam. He said he want to come down, but I don't know. Right. I don't think you, I really want to do it. Now you, you, never you just might have missed your. Oper- yeah, you never know. Follow up on stuff. Yeah.
1: So what's next? What's what's the what? I know you said the the horses are a little bit further down the road, that's, but what's that's
2: down the line. Um, but what's 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 next? What's the next well, thing? Well, matter of fact, I um this Friday I have a a chairman of the uh, Black Belt Prairie Restoration Initiative. It's basically restoring the native grasses or the prairie mm-hmm. uh, of the Black Belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm meeting with the chairman that has grant money to help pay for the native grass planting on our property. And that's a grant that I don't have to write because they already have the money. So I I, I just hit them up last week. So from last week to now, we're meeting Friday and he's going to do the plan and see where they can restore the uh, native grasses. Wow. So, and from that, that's, man, once you do that and you restore those native grasses, you bring a host of other uh, species of birds that will come back so not only is that improving the grasses that's kind of helping my birding too so everything is 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 working like together feeding, yeah i'm feeding into what what we're doing
1: so and, and now with those grasses are those like pastures that you guys use for the cattle or
2: see we have we have areas that We section off for the cow that's basically, you know, wildlife stuff anyway. So we have 20 plus acres that can be put back into native grasses. And then we still have some areas that we we haven't even developed. So that's the good thing that it's not even, it's not hindering our cattle organization at all. Mm. So that's the cool thing about it. And you can strip, uh, put in strips. It don't have to be entire fields. Right. So, You can do strips, but that will increase your pollinator habitat. Bugs, more bugs means more birds. More birds means more people, more events that you can host. And I'm telling you, man, it's, and then, oh, another thing, we're doing the uh, wetland reserve easement. It's a, uh, uh, it's a program with the uh, Natural Resource Conservation Service to where they help restore the wetland habitat. Mm -hmm. Because the soils in the black belt they're already wet anyway. Yep. So that's one of the programs that since I started working with the agency was I always keep in mind of uh, what we can get in that, that will benefit the property. When I first started working for the agency, I had Dad sign up at the local uh, NRCS office and we we were able to get a well, uh, pipeline, trial system cross fencing, and all that stuff helped the farm because now we have clean water. That's a well. That's not a pond. Or you got to worry about, you know, they're the drinking stuff out of a stream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the cross fencing will allow you to rotate, graze the cattle to where now not only are you helping your calves, but you're also making your grass last longer because they're not just spot grazing. You're making them go from one field to the next, then in a day or two time or whenever you want to set your rotation up, they'll come back to that initial field, but that grass would have grown. You'll have healthier grass. And now your your cows are healthy because they're drinking clean well water and they're drinking, I mean, and then they're eating uh, grasses that were allowed to that fertilizer from that poop. <laughs> it, it's down in the ground now. So right. It's, right. it's one of the things that I'm always constantly thinking of what, what I can do or what we can sign up for. And that's another thing, you know, there are funds available to do this stuff. And people are, you know, not aware of that. Well, I want to, I want to get into farming. Well, there's programs that help new farmers, period. And so I've emailed a lot of people that wanted to, uh, after they saw my videos, they were like, I want to start growing vegetables. Boom. Here's the link to this. Go to your And I don't mind telling people I don't I don't like sitting on my on my resources. If I know something that can help people, hey, this is what you need to do. This is who you need to go talk to. And it doesn't even take me 10 minutes to to do this stuff. So being a people person and and still being down to earth to where you can talk to me and I can help you. And it's it's the same way around because you're helping me with this because this just brings more people. Hey man, who's that dude? They that was talking to that day. He don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he ain't going to kick us off. Like, oh, Okay, okay, he kind of know what he's talking about. But that's the the thing that I never. Those opportunities, man. Like I said, from when we first met, is an opportunity is an opportunity, and that's all I ask people. Hey, just give me an opportunity. Yep. I don't need handouts or nothing. They just you a, can give me an opportunity. I can do the rest. And of it. make the most. Yep, make the most of your
1: opportunities. But in order to make the most of them, you have to get them. And that, that's that's what Thank it you. boils down to.
2: So man. Yeah, but then using using those skills, whatever skill you have, hey, man, I can I can talk a coon out a tree like old people. <laughs> okay, well, you can do that, man. Let's, let's go let's see, can you reach reach out to somebody that's, that's going to help you do something. Right. And, and, you know, don't be scared of people. Like my mom said, they can't do nothing but say yes or no. That, you, once you get that hey, it's alright oh used, well I've been turned down for that okay well that's cool go I, to the
1: next one I always used to say whenever I have to psych myself up to do something like to talk to somebody or do something or whatever I always say well they can't eat you that's what <laughs> <like> <laughs> they can't right
2: right right <laughs> like, they, can't. They, they might just close the door in your face and say eh, I'm not interested alright right, that's cool but most of the time if you do enough your home, you do your homework and kind of, they know kind of halfway what you're trying to do. Hey man, I'm, t- I'm outdoorsman thing like you. Like when I first started talking with my, uh the Buckmasters guy. Hey, I'm, we like hunting. Hunting is our common ground. Mm-hmm. Find some common ground and go from there. And that you know, somebody is is doing what you're trying to do. They said the wheel's been invented a long time ago, so ain't a, a new wheel. It's just making your own color wheel. Make your own wheel. Okay, I'm going to change my spokes up a little bit, but it's still the wheel.
1: Right. Doing, so, doing do, your own version.
2: Do what you can do. Do what you can do.
1: Man, before we get ready to get up out of here, I have definitely enjoyed this. I've learned about burden. I've learned about the process for starting your own burden operation. I can't express enough how excited for you and for your farm and stuff to be doing that. That That is so awesome. Like, that, like I said, I remember when I graduated high school, my baseball coach, Coach McDonald, he was one of the things he always said to me. He was like, you know, don't be afraid to step out of your box because I was always kind of the person who's just like, I'm here, I'm comfortable. I'm good. I know this space. I'm good right Right. here. And and even as an adult, to a degree, I'm kinda still like that. I'll step out when I need to. You know, you take calculated risk and stuff. But my point is that, like I said before, like that is some out of the box next level type stuff. So I like I congratulate you. It is so awesome. I, I can't congratulate you enough for that, but like I said, before we get ready to get up out of here, let people know where they can find you on Instagram, YouTube, you know, Burden, all your stuff, everything you got going on. Where where Man. folks can find you?
2: <laughs> my my main thing is uh Instagram. I'm the Instagram nut is I've got more followers off that. So that's my main thing. So you can find me on that. Uh the adventures of underscore breeze. So the adventures of breeze is my main instagram uh the birding uh instagram that i have is birds and nature tours that's the second one that i predominantly do i post pictures of what's down at the farm that birds and like the things that you see are is what's down there so when you look at that creek that's down there and you see these animals and birds that's that's where they i took them from so I like to show people this is what's there. This is not me taking pictures from somebody else and posting it. No, when I go home, I have my camera and I take pictures. So that's what's on there. Uh in my YouTube channels, uh The Adventures of Uh Breeze is where you'll find me on the YouTube. And then uh connecting with birds and nature tours. So all of that the same name. It's just just search for that and you'll you'll find it because of the logos is pretty, you can't miss the logo, trust me. One of yeah, it, it's beers. one of the most yeah, it's one of the
1: it's <laughs> one of the most it. creative logos I've seen in in any business landscape whether it be outdoors or everyday whatever it is one of the most creative logos. It's awesome. So yeah, you can't miss it. Uh,
2: you you can't miss it and um and I think that's the good thing about it that it's try to, you know, be unique to you and, and do that. Because when you look at that, like, man, this is pretty cool, dude. But when you say the adventures, what what adventures are you going to? And that's kind of what leads you into, hey, see what I'm doing. This is an adventure. Hey, this is something you've never seen or haven't seen somebody like me do. I guarantee you that. So right. um, just just stay true to what you can do. And like I said, reach out to to people, man. it's Trust me, somebody is doing what you're trying to do and can help you. Stop stop trying to think you can do it all yourself because ne- it's not gonna work. I would never got in a year's time, I mean, not two years, not five years. In a year's time I come from an idea to uh actual tour. So those those are the things that if I didn't connect with the people that I connected with, just doing it on my own, I might not would have got a hundred twenty five plus people there. I probably got two or three folks, maybe. Right. But linking up with them that kind of helps and then the cattle the grants that that's out I wouldn't have known that if it didn't work for the agency so some of the things that you already have a, a handle on can assist you in some kind of way but uh, yeah just take your time and write stuff down because like I said my memory ain't, ain't good so <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll write it down and I can I can tell you the dates and what we talked about so this podcast when you listen to it you know this is me talking about, you know, the things that I've done and, and things that, that I know work. And uh, I'll write this down, too, in my journal after I get off the line. So that's kind of what I'll look back at, you know, year or two down the line. Man, yeah, I remember when we did this podcast and I had X amount of people or I had this group call me or I had a magazine call me and want to do a story. So you never know where that stuff can lead to. So right don't, don't where, hesitate where, don't hesitate
1: where it can take you right 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 um, well Chris like I said I appreciate it make sure you say hello to your papa Mr. Joe for me let yeah, him man. let him know that this time this one is actually going to be out and in the stratosphere <laughs> so he can listen to it and everybody can listen to it this will this will drop on Monday so it'll It'll actually be out there this time around. It's one of the things, and I, and I'm gonna go. But it's one of the things that aggravated me so much, like internally. It was just like he was so kind. And so forthcoming And was just like sure whatever you need Sure whatever you need and even With you you know you were just like yeah Whatever you want to do whatever you need And yeah. I'm like god dang it like it's been A year and I still haven't put this Video together so I Hesitated to call you to do the podcast But I knew <laughs> Your story and like What y'all were doing down there was so cool So I was like again just like I Said they it it can't eat you The only thing they can say yeah. is no No or, like,
2: yeah, come on. So, I'm glad we got a chance to do this. Yeah, man, I'm always down, man. Like I said, you, you did a lot for me, man. Like I said, I, it don't matter what it is. Hey, you holler at me, Chris. Hey, I'm here. So, yeah, appreciate all you've done, man. Like I said, you got a good movement going and I, a lot more success to you in the future. Man, I
1: appreciate that. We're going to talk soon, man. Yeah, man. All right. Thanks, Chris. All right,
2: later. Brainland
1: all right, I want to say thank you and send a big shout out to Christopher Joe for joining me this week on the Bryant Land Country Podcast. Like I said, that was long overdue. Thank you, Chris, for your time coming in and being a part of our podcast. Um, one thing I want to mention to you guys before I get ready to get out of here. BryantlandCountry.com every week. I tell you guys about the website, BryantlandCountry.com. But the thing this week that I want to add while I'm plugging the website 40% off in the store. Everything. BryantlandCountry.com, hit the shop button on the website. Put in the promo code CYBER, C-Y-B-E-R, and get 40% off everything in the store. So, I mean, I I, I, I can't do any more other than damn near give the stuff away to you, which I'm not going to do. So, go to, the, go to the store, go to the site, bryantlandcountry.com, hit the shop button, mash the shop button, off. Use the promo code cyber. Get those great Christmas gifts for him or her, the special someone in your life. Bryantlandcountry.com. Mash the shop button. 40% off when you use the promo code cyber. Also on the website, of course, all our videos, all our podcasts. Make sure you're checking them out. Bryantlandcountry.com. Hope you guys have a great week coming up here. This week, like I said, I'm going to get ready to get up out of here and I will catch you guys next week on another episode of the Land Country Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Land Country Podcast, hosted by AB3. Please leave us a positive review and five-star rating on iTunes. Be sure to check out our podcast section on our website, bryantlandcountry.com, for previous podcasts. Check us out on Instagram at Official Bryantland and Twitter at 3bryantland. This has been an AB3 Media production. Join us next time for another edition of the Bryant's Land Country Podcast.